Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, 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 what's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. What's popping? Oh, man, I'm just was actually about to just do a little bit of research. Uh... I said, you know what, you know, House of Barf is not only about, um, you know, hearing Chan Man babble on about his uh, drama, and uh, it's not only about um, Chan Man discussing his trades, uh, but the main thing, the core of House of Barf is uh, breaking down uh, situations to their bare minimum, even from with you know, understanding a stock, for for example, uh, just breaking it down. And, uh, uh, you know, broke it down probably a couple times already. But, for example, the stock is if someone literally had, I don't know, a stock. I think of, like, someone having a, I'm from the Midwest, uh, uh, a stock of wheat. All right, you have a field of wheat. And they need someone to come and support them because, uh, I don't know, business is booming and they need to expand or whatever and they need to bring in another investor. Um, and they say, do you want ownership in my stock? Essentially, as owners, you have voting rights and everything. Uh, just breaking things like that, like bid and ask. Bid is essentially the highest price that someone is willing to buy this stock at. And now, remember, with the bid, there's a bunch of prices behind there. Bunch of them, you know, that orders that people put in let's say the stock is $60 that is the highest the bid price is the highest amount that someone's willing to buy at other people say I'm not willing to buy it um for more than $59 or $59.50 $59.75 $59.62 you know all those aren't there you just don't see it uh and the same thing is the ask price is the lowest price that a seller is willing to accept so just taking these little things and breaking them down and just trying to be transparent and uh, sharing, you know, as much research as I can, uh, not for myself. Also, it's kind of a kind of a college project. Uh, one thing I've always thought about in college was um, those professors who are amazing in business and they don't just teach you business like you can go to a business class and you can learn about sole proprietorship and S Corp and uh, all, uh, whatever they teach in business. I can't remember all of it right now. Um, 
But when you have a professor who kind of says, okay, look, no offense, I'm not trying to be rude, unless you go to like the Wharton School of Business or something or Oxford University or something, I don't know. I wouldn't mind touching down on Oxford one day just to feel the vibe. But it's it's like, okay, we're not going to just sit here and learn about business. We got we to gotta do something, okay? Because seriously, I could be wrong. Learning about business, I've kind of, what, where I got it from was Jerry Seinfeld. I was listening to him talk. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was an interview with him and Eddie Murphy or something. Um, I don't know, Coffee with Comedians After Dark or something. I don't know. And I heard, uh, so I think one of the audience members or something asked him a question about, uh, I don't know, something like, what's the best university that I should go to to learn comedy? And Jerry Seinfeld was like, honestly, you don't need to go to college for comedy. If you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. The best college you could go to for uh, comedy is experience. Just start going to bars and uh, you know shows, whatever, wherever you can perform, and just perform. I kind of feel the same way about business. You know, I feel the exact way. I I don't really feel like I mean, unless it's like I don't know the best school of business in the world. There's really no need to really go to school for business. The best school for business is pulling up. You know, as people tell me all the time, we have the world's greatest library in history right now, which is the internet. Essentially, uh, you know, treat everything like a baby. You know what I'm saying? When a baby is sitting in that belly and its first day is, oh, they're coming down the canal or whatever, and they're sitting there going through a whirlwind. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What is going on? You know, you know, just I, I can't imagine the what is going on right now. You know, and then the baby comes into Earth, to the planet. And can you imagine? They're just probably like, just gas, trying to gasp for, for air. Like, I was somebody, I was just breathing and now I can't breathe. And they're trying to just gasp for air. That's essentially what it is. When you start something, me included, I'm trying to work on learning, trying to more IT and incorporate IT and analysis. Because I, I will admit, I'm not the greatest IT person. My Excel skills are probably that of a, of a novice. I'm, I'm terrible, you know, with, when it comes to IT and whatnot. I'm a dinosaur. I'm really outdating my computer, my computer system. And eventually, I mean, if you can't update, you get deleted, you know. So I find other avenues to, you know, still compete. Uh, House of Barf, uh wrote a children's book just, just to, you know, I got to, you know, I can't be out here and not surviving. So just because I'm not good at IT, you know, so you find other ways to compete. But um, with that, you want to learn business, it's a whirlwind. You know, it's just like, where do I begin? Where do I start? And, you know, and just start with that first breath, whatever it is, type in um, uh, any, anything we do in life. You want to start, I don't know, masturbating. And you want you want to what do you go to? You go to a website and you go to, you type in what porn dot com or something or boobies dot com or whatever it is. I don't know whatever you want to look at blackmen dot com. Whatever it is, I don't know what you want to look at. You start right there. You want to you want to start being a smoker. What happens? You go uh, you you see the kids who walk in the woods every day. You know what I'm saying after school, and next thing you know, you start walking with them, and. Uh, you know, you're, you don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? So somebody, you know, says, hey, you, new guy, new girl, roll it up. And you're like, what the fuck? I don't even know what that means. 
But what happens? You you pursue and you push on. Uh, uh, you you want to start? You want to lose your virginity, or you know what I'm saying, or whatever. You know what happens? Uh, you just take one step at a time. You find somebody and you say, hey, it's the same thing. We we do it so many times. Drinking. Uh, you don't know what, what should I drink. I don't even know what my choice of beverage is. So many things we don't know nothing, but somehow, some shape, some form. We manage to take one step, one step, and before you know it, we're an expert. You know what I'm saying? And we're smoking multiple cigarettes a day, drinking multiple drinks a day, uh, having sex multiple times a day, whatever it is, whatever it is. And it doesn't always have to be like that. It could be, I don't know, your journey uh, in business, your walk with Christ, uh, your, your exercising uh, whatever it is, you want to start losing weight. What happens? It sucks. But what happens? One day you have to make a mental decision. I want this. I want to lose this weight. I want to get my lungs and my heart, um, pulmonary artery, whatever, uh, together. It's not together. I can barely breathe. My heart feels like it's straining. Whatever it is, same thing. I, I know I went around the long way, but it's a, it's a conversation. We're having, you know what I'm saying? For me, it's not a race. If I want to make this episode, uh, if we want to make this episode three hours long, it's okay. It doesn't have to be like, oh, let me squeeze in the most amount of information in 60 seconds. Like, no, if I wanted to do that, then I would do YouTube shorts or something, you know, which I do have some people who are like, hey, can we do YouTube shorts for you? We'll do like three YouTube shorts for you and you just give us this amount of money uh, a week. And I was like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? We'll work on that. We'll come back around to that. Um, so, but, but yes, that's so more so what I feel like it is about business. And essentially, if things work out with me, I mean, I've been documenting since damn near the day I got terminated. You know, uh, April, it's approximately April 28th, 2023. So uh, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. I've been documenting for about nine months now. You know what I'm saying? Going on 10 months now. You know, I can't believe I've been surviving that long on my own. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. It's God. All credit to God. I I got the call. I know. Hypocrite and everything. Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. I I have to give all credit to Christ. I There's no way I'm, I'm out here still surviving. Like... That blessed me with the intelligence, blessed me with the know-how, blessed me with the courage just to keep going. I can't even believe it's been that long. Ugh. It's been it's been a flash because every day has been up. Like I feel like I'm a lion in the safari. Like every day you're constantly doing something. That's why lions only live like 14 years or something. Because every day is a struggle. Gosh, I'm telling you, every day I got to figure out. Where we're going to get the next meal. And I'm not trying to exaggerate and make it be like, because I'm truly blessed. Like, honestly, you know, even to an extent, if I would just humble myself a little bit more and ask for help from people, people would be more than willing to help. And seriously, um, with this book coming out, I've been receiving so much support, so much support. People are like, yo, we got you. We got you. We we're going to get you on CNBC or not CNBC. Oh, that too, but CBS. We're going to get you on CBS. Like, people are like, yo, we're going to support you, Chan. Like, you've always supported people. 
and this isn't the reason, but you've always supported people and never asked for asked for anything. For the most part, we didn't even really know what you did. You know, we're asking you for money, and we don't know what you're doing with your life, but always been there, and people are like, yo, we got you. You know, I'm like, yo, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm really just taking one day at a time, trying to build the courage to, uh, what is it, um, to, to uh, uh, control the things that I can. Um, I'm just trying to move forward. Uh, so, yeah, with this business, you've seen the journey uh, for about 10 months. Um, and, uh, hopefully it, if in the future, if it can help somebody, it's essentially a guide to, you know, um, a guide from scratch to hopefully one day I'll be on the other side of, uh, I don't know what we deem successful and I don't know what that term exactly means. Uh, but, um, what I deem as successful. What I would deem as successful is being able to drop my children off at school, to be able to pick my children up from school, be able to drop them off at their extracurricular activities, to be able to take them to the trampoline park um, after school, you know, or on the weekends, to be able to travel to, uh, I don't know, uh, different countries, Europe or whatever, uh, during the summers or during the winters, whatever, Christmas break, winter break, or summer break, whatever it is, you know, um, that right there, as well as uh, being able to give back to the community as well. I mean, even as broke as I am right now, uh, I remember seeing this in a movie. I can't even remember. It was an old black and white film uh, it was about a black family. I can't even remember the name of it. Um, my estranged spouse tells me I look like a, a black dad from the 70s. And, and as I look at the movie, I'm like, I kind of do look like that guy, you know, <laughs> kind of. Uh, like uh, Samuel Jackson and Black Snake Moan. I got to work on it. I'm going to work on it, you know. Um, but I was watching it in, in, in one scene. He's like, man, I don't even know how I'm, uh, I'm, I'm giving to charity. You know, like I, I'm broke and I'm still donating to charity. And uh, I'm like, yo, I'm like doing that right now. Still donating um, even though. Uh, I am not in a financial situation to consider myself anybody who can donate right now. Uh, but yes, um, I come from a military background. I even almost, I almost got in myself. It was some negotiations that went completely wrong. Um, I mean, we were doing great. And at the very end, the negotiations just took a, a weird left. Um, but regardless, um, uh, disabled veterans, um, you know, uh, whatever veteran affairs also, uh, was it, uh, taps, uh, uh, oh man, there's a few more. I got to go talk to uh, a couple other people who they told me about some of the ones that they do. So I'm really big on veterans, supporting veterans, making sure that, you know, somebody's out there taking care of them only because I mean, people may not really realize it, but everything is like a system. Everything has something going on. So whenever you're able to, like, today is like, what, football, uh, Saturday. I'm not even sure who's playing today. Um, and you're able to go heat up those ribs on the smoker or grill or fry up that catfish and all that. And you're sitting there in peace and you're just, you know, not having to worry about shit. There's a reason why that's going on, you know, <laughs> and um Besides God, you know, looking over us, uh, 
it, it, the, the military is really uh, a big part of that. National Guard, part of that. You know what I'm saying? Coastal Guard, all that. Whatever. Navy, Marines, whatever. Uh, I, I want to make sure I'm saying every branch. I don't want to leave any branch. I don't know all the branches, but all that, you know what I'm saying, is, is there. Uh, while It's kind of like, you know, when you watch people play on a holiday like the NBA plays on Christmas. These men and women are doing the same damn thing. They're working on uh, 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 playoff Saturday, playoff Sunday, Christmas, New Year's. You know what I'm saying? Just to keep keep it tight so that we can walk around, you know what I'm saying, um, chilling, gambling, screwing, everything we're, everything we're doing. And studying for college and uh, whatever else we're up to, going to our churches, um, you know, pleasantly. Uh, oh, today's Sunday. My bad. Uh, it's January 28th, uh, Sunday, 2024. So let me see uh, NFL schedule. Um, I hope I didn't miss anything yesterday. I did see the uh, Lakers and Golden State uh, go to overtime and then uh, lose by one point. It was like, oh, man, you didn't have to go to overtime for that. You could have lost by one point <laughs> in the uh, in the regular, you know, the regular hours or whatever. Um but I think I think the Golden State Warriors looked exhausted. Um, uh, let me see. It wasn't an NFL playoff schedule. Uh, who we got today? Sorry, my bad. Uh, today we got Kansas City Ravens. Ooh, and Lions San Francisco. Ooh, ooh, we got a nice one today. All right, that's going to be fantastic. Starts around 3 p.m. today. So I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'm probably just going to really just be chilling. Um, Still kind of staying secluded. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been exposing myself a little bit more because, you know, I got to market. And there's only one way to market, and and that's by putting yourself out there. Still kind of just chilling. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Got invited probably to a couple of playoff parties. But... uh, I don't know. I think I'm still just going to hang out by myself for a little bit. Um, like, like even right now, I'm so excited not to be in the office, having to be around all those people. I I'm sorry. Like, right now, I don't know what's going on uh, in the world. Uh, the other day, it was like negative, uh, you know, negative. It was like zero degrees. And then, like, today, it's like 70 degrees. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I'm sorry to say it. Uh, one thing that's irritated me so much on like this, it's about to be February. It was just zero degrees. And today it's like 60, 70 degrees. I don't know what's going on. It's the world is being the world. And, uh, I could see myself wearing a jacket to work on it's 70 degrees. I'm still wearing a jacket, right? Why? Because the fluctuations in this weather, I don't know what's going on. I'm still wearing a jacket. It was literally just negative degrees. Now it's 70 degrees. I don't want to get caught outside with no jacket on, right? I walk into the office. I can already hear the people. Hey, Chan, why you got a jacket on? It's almost 70 degrees. It's almost 75 degrees. I'm like, dude, sweetheart, what the fuck? And they've been asking the same fucking question since I've been like 16. Now I'm like 36. I'm like... What is going on with this jacket situation? What is this about? Shut the fuck up. 
I'm damn near 40 years old now. No, I'm 36, but about to be 37. If I want to wear a fucking jacket, I, I, look, I'm perfectly capable of deciding if I want to wear a jacket or not. You know, and it's like, dude, it's February. This typically is supposed to be uh, supposed to be winter time. And it literally was just wind chill made the uh, it's it's 20 degrees, but wind chills making it feel like it's negative 20 degrees. Like, and okay, so if you want to go outside with no jacket, go ahead. And what ends up happening? Coming back in the office, hacking, coughing, sneezing, not covering your mouth. You know, we all got to stew in it. Or easily, if you would have just wore a fucking jacket. I remember one time I was getting on the airplane. I don't even remember where I was. It was probably, I don't know, in North Carolina. I was probably flying to Maryland or something. I don't know. All right. So I'm, I'm getting on. I checked the weather. Mind you, North Carolina is a very warm place. It's very pleasant. The temperatures are it's always great. So I checked the weather. North Carolina, what is it? I don't know, like 60 degrees or something, right? So I checked the weather in Maryland. It's like 30 degrees. When I, when I pull up, it's going to be like 30 degrees. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to leave my jacket on, get on the airplane, uh, uh, you know, fall asleep. And when I get into Maryland... Uh, I'll be fine. So as I'm getting on this plane, this guy's like, the guy I got to sit next to as well. It's like, come on, what's with the jacket? Come on, don't you want to just take your jacket off now? I don't want you all wiggling next to me while you're trying to check your jacket off. And I'm like, dude, listen, look. And I, I think I had something important to do. This is probably when I was back and forth, probably interviewing for jobs, uh, cause a bunch of bullshit happened. Uh, I don't even want to get into it, but I'm probably flying back and forth to try to lock down a position. Um, so that I'm, I was probably in North Carolina. I was probably about to move back to Maryland, uh, based on all, I'll get into all that shit later. Um, but regardless, uh, I'm probably interviewing going back and forth. So I probably had something that I couldn't argue with this guy, not to mention it looked like he had a son, sitting next to him, probably 18, 19, 20, something like that. And I was like, and, and the son looked embarrassed. I saw, you know, I could kind of see his face like, oh gosh, my dad is being this guy right now. The plane hasn't even, everybody, this is early on the plane, everybody chilling. You know, this is, you know, getting settled in. It's, you know, typically when I fly, I like to catch the first flight out. I'm very... I like to get to my destination as early as possible so I can get there, get set up, take a nap, whatever. So I usually take my flights whew, as early as 6, 7 in the morning, you know, if I can get on. Because um, I want to get to wherever I'm getting to. When, when I travel with my boys, and uh, let's just say we're going to, I don't know, uh, I don't know, let's say we're going to Florida, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'll be there 7.30 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I'll be there before I can even check in. Um, to the hotel, but at least I'm there. I'm good. I'm chilling. You know, people may not start pulling in until about 3 p.m. That's how I pretty much like to do it. So this is early in the morning. Everybody chilling. It's quiet. You can hear the engines on the airplane. And I'm like, God, I got to deal with this. And, you know, this is something I'm working on is coping skills. I did really well. And the main thing that helped me do well was seeing that man's boy with the face of embarrassment, like, oh, my gosh, Dad, seriously? So I just say, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep. So guess what happens? We get off the plane. It's 30 degrees in Maryland, 
and you could just hear the people, oh my gosh, it is freezing. So I get off on, uh, um, I typically fly in, I believe it's uh, Reagan National. So I typically fly in the Reagan National because uh, I don't, I know this is terrible. I don't really like bothering people. Be like, hey, you know, seven o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning. Hey, um, I'm at, you know, such and such. You want to come scooping me or paying an Uber? So Reagan National actually has the train system uh, right there with it. Um, so, you know, uh, typically the train systems don't quote me. I haven't been on the train in probably two years. Um, somebody told me, hey, you haven't seen these train stations. I think supposedly New Carrollton has done a lot of changes. I was like, dude, I haven't even seen it. You know, <laughs> but I'm, I trust me, I'm going to get back on it once, you know, I get back out pumping again. Going to be out, you know, riding the buses and the trains and automobiles and everything. It just makes it easy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I've, I've noticed other states and cities don't really understand public transportation. Um, I guess public transportation is more so for, I don't know, lower income people or homeless people. Um, you know, so whenever I'm like, yeah, I'm about to hop on this train or this bus real quick. And they're like, oh, uh, you're about to hop on the bus. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just about to hop on this bus and it take me right down the street real quick. Uh, and they're like, no way. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, you don't ever ride public transit. I'm like, man, military people ride the train every day to go into the Pentagon, whatever. Shit, I don't know if that's good. Regardless, professionals. <laughs> professionals ride the train every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't like this. I mean, students. You got students. I don't know if this is good to say or whatever. But, yeah, no, it's totally different out here who rides the buses and the trains. It's totally different. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I'm standing at the train, and I guess a lot of people, other people, were thinking just like me, you know, take the train to wherever you got to go. I'm sitting there in my coat warm. I'm not even joking. I'm sitting there warm, and people are like, I didn't know it was going to be this cold. And it's like, dude, you were in North Carolina. Jackass, whatever. No, no need to call people names. But, yeah, that's one thing in the office right now. I'm, I'm Right now, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that bullshit because I'm sorry. I know it's stupid, but it kind of does annoy me. It really does annoy me. Hey, Chan, why you still have your jacket on? It's almost 70 degrees today. Dude, just yesterday, it was negative 12 degrees. You know, <laughs> coming to office. <coughs> uh, it's like, dude, get some Kleenex and cover your mouth. You know, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just a tangent of mine's. So, but, um, but yeah, yeah. So even on this playoff Sunday, uh, I, I'm probably just going to chill. I may, you know what? I always say that. And then next thing you know, I get, I end up getting up and going out and going somewhere. Uh, so I don't know, but as of right now, I'm probably going to kick it. Um, you know, just solo dog. And, uh, and again, do my research on stuff that I want to work on. So the research that I want to work on um, right now is, um, I want to work on sending out some emails, uh, to some organizations. Uh, so a couple organizations that I'm going to send out, uh, regarding the children's book that I wrote and please, if you haven't already, if you have the opportunity, please support the book. Uh, the book touches on financial literacy for children ages, I would say somewhere between probably like five and 11 years old. 
uh, boy, girl, multinational, uh, multicultural, you know, um, uh, uh, book touches on financial literacy. It's about, you know, a little, little child who, um, you know, wants to achieve some goals and, uh, decides a way that he's going to achieve those goals and, um, you know, run, runs into some obstacles. It's just a little, it's just a little fun, just a little fun, you know, uh, read, I hope, um, been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback. Um, someone told me that they don't like elephants because it makes them think of Republicans. I said, oh, shit. I, that did not cross my mind <laughs> at all. He's like, yeah, yeah. Don't like Republicans. I said, okay. So didn't really like my elephant. Someone else told me that the font could be a little bit larger. You know, I said, the font's too small. I said, okay, okay, okay. Uh, other than that, I will say this though: there's never, there's not been any like real criticism about the book. The criticism I'm getting about the book is they're like, "Yo, I actually think it's a really cute book." That that's probably been the main, um, the main comment that I've been receiving about the the book itself is that it's a that's it's a cute book. I'm like, I like that. Cause that's exactly what that's that's kind of the feel that me and the team don't. This wasn't me by myself. I authored the book, but then I worked with a team of individuals to actually make it happen. Um, but that was that was kind of the goal was a cute book. You know what I'm saying? That's I just wanted it to be pleasant. You know. Um, so when people are like, "Yo, I read it," uh, and that was that was a cute book. I'm like, cool. That's kind of the feel I was looking for. Something easy for parents to read, um, and, and you know we can we can act like everybody's perfect, but you know you're a parent. You come home a little inebriated from the cocktails at the work of, event after work. Um, you know, children are home, and you still want to be a good parent. Um, you know, and you just want to read something real quick, pleasant. You know, you don't really want to go into anything in depth. You know, uh, where you got to put a bookmark in it and whatnot, um, you know, um, this, this is a very easy feel, you know, or for that child who wants to read a quick book before they doze off and go to sleep, uh, to themselves, very quick, easy read, you know, um, uh, hopefully that's the feel and hopefully it gives, uh, a, a positive feeling, makes you feel good, you know, makes it maybe, hopefully it takes you on a little journey with, uh, with Langston Mangston. So, you know, um, supposedly, uh, I probably shouldn't have gave out that much information because, uh, people are like, yo, uh, save that conversation, uh, for like a YouTube or for like an interview. Don't give it out too much. Uh, but you know, y'all are my people. Y'all been supporting me. I see I'm almost about to hit 700 spins. Uh, and, um, I just started season two uh, I would say no more than like a, like no more than like two months ago. I would say, yeah, I would say, was I in things around Thanksgiving, probably around start around Thanksgiving, something like that season two. Um, so for, um, let me see. Um, so for the first, what, uh, April, May, June, July, 
I probably stopped around like August or something like that. Took a little hiatus from September to October or something like that. Uh, so uh, took a part, let's say four months, 600 divided by four. Uh, that's six, 600 is the amount of spins I got in like four months. It's about 150 in four months, so 150 a month. So um, I'm already, I'm getting close to about 100 in about two months. So I guess I'm technically losing because uh, that's approximately about a hundred. Um, I guess I'm not sure if I did that math correctly, but I feel like we're 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 crushing numbers. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, and you never know. There could be like a month where you get like 80 listeners. You know, you just never know what it is. Uh, people just kind of just decide this month. Uh, I can't even show you some of the analytics like. Uh, what is it? January 2024, zero listens. No, that was last month. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was an episode. That was the episode. I don't even know why it's telling me. I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for the overall. It's telling me. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me see. All the time. Okay. So let's go to something like. Um. October 2023, I've got probably one total play, total. Then you go to something like November 2023, and there's 87 plays. And then uh, it kind of trickles back down to one or two. You know, so you you, you never know. You know, it's, it's kind of steady around uh, 10 plays. Um, was it 10 plays per month? Let me see. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, I would say it's... No, no, not 10. I'm sorry. Let me see real quick. It's pretty steady around... Let me see real quick. In one month. Um, no, it's, it's more than that. It's like... I don't know. It's, it's several. I don't know why it's not giving it to me. Oh, let me do monthly. Okay, great. Here we go. Um, it was breaking it down daily, and I was like, why is it not just giving it to me monthly? Okay. Okay, so, all right. So, in, like, this this is better. All right, so, in, like, April 2023, like, 34 plays. All right, so, it's one play a month. I mean, a day. I typically try to post daily. That's kind of, like, my goal, except on the weekends. I really don't. Post on the weekends unless it's just garbage, like babbling and whatnot. Journal time with Chan. Um, sorry. Um, has some kale in my teeth. That's why you're supposed to brush your teeth at night. Uh, had some kale last night and it got stuck in my teeth. Um, all right. So, all right. So April, April to May, thirty-four. Then May to June, one hundred and three. Now, in, I'm going to fast forward. In September to October, 30 plays. So we're back down to about one play per, uh, yeah, about one, two plays, yeah, um, per episode. Um, and then again, as I stated, October to November, it was approximately 176 plays. So monthly, I would say on average, if I had to say on average, we're at about somewhere between 80 and 120 per month, you know, on average. Um, 
so yeah, right now, uh, January to February was probably my lowest. And the reason why I think it was probably my lowest, um, it's because the episodes are coming so spread. I was talking to some people and they said, you know, the episodes come so sporadically. Um, people probably can't really keep up, you know, and they just kind of get flabbergasted and just end up giving up. You know, it's like, I, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. He dropped three episodes today. I'm supposed to listen to all of them. Uh, and what's going to end up happening is, in my personal opinion, I could be wrong, is that um, eventually one day I'm going to fall off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it happens. Like I just forget to post. I'm not posting. Uh, I could be out trying to promote the book. I could get a job, um, whatever. So, uh, that's another reason why I try to get as much content as I can in. And, um, and then you're going to start seeing the numbers have like, cause there's not going to be any episodes dropping. Cause you got to remember the analytics incorporate, how many people are listening to your episodes at basically kind of as fast as you're dropping them? If I'm dropping three episodes in one day and nobody listens, then it skews the numbers. But if I'm not dropping any episodes and people are listening, then it makes it look like people are listening to me a lot. Something like that. I can't describe it. And then not to mention, somebody even told me that you're looking at the Spotify for podcasters analytics. So the other day I did try to pull up Apple Music. And I saw that there are a few people who have listened to me on Apple Pod, not Apple Music, Apple Podcast. Um, I don't know. It might. Let me see. Was it Apple? I think it might have been Apple. And it was like, hey, you got to look up the other platforms. Okay, see, I'm still logged in. Um, let me see. I think I saw that a few people listened on Apple Podcast. Um, yeah, but we'll go over all that in a little bit. Um, I think we, we basically got the concept on that. And again, I just want to say thank you so much to, you know, everybody who's supporting me, uh, from the United States to Germany, to Australia, to Canada, to India, to United Kingdom, to France, to Finland. I, I appreciate it so much. What, whatever you're listening on, uh, your web browser, your, your phone, your Android, your Apple, um, whatever it is, I appreciate it so much. Uh, I see we got a lot of people listening on their Mac devices, a lot of people listening on their Android devices. I can tell you real quick on Spotify for podcasters. I'm not sure if this is for all platforms. 44% of the audience are listening on a Mac device. Uh, 40% are listening on an Android device. 13, approximately 13, to 14% of people are listening on an iPhone and approximately 2% are listening on an other device. Um, so yeah, and that was just in the last 30 days. My bad. That was the last 30 days. So if I do, you know, longer, I'm pretty sure the numbers will be different. Uh, it, look, it appears er, the audience's favorite episode was an episode called Been a Long Time Since I Left You, Left You, Without a Dope Beep to Step Two, Step Two. Uh, it looks like there's an episode called Been a Long Time. I don't even know what was discussed on that episode. I go, I'm going to go back and uh, I'm supposed to, supposedly I got to go back and rename all these episodes and listen to them and just give better descriptions. Then it looks like the next episode everybody liked was just touched base. So, uh, I probably should go back to those episodes and listen to what I did correctly. Um, so yeah, that's a few things. All right. So real quick, um, if it will make it easier, I could take a quick break and then we can get back and do the research 
And I'll go down the steps of how I do my research and everything um, and what we do. So I'll take a quick break real quick. I'm Chairman. This is House of Barf. I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kulamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mingston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mingston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mingston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kulamated Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kulamated Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors it is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mangston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mingston's Kulamate Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mingston's Kulamate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy, 
me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mankson's Cool Amaze Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? Shit? Man, that was a barf. What's popping? So uh, one of my buddies just reached out to me because uh, as, as, as I was speaking about earlier, uh, how much I believe in the United States military and um, uh, and uh, how I just, you know, love to support him and, you know, uh, and trust me, I'm pretty sure since before I was born, you know, and after when there's been so much bigotry, so much racism, uh, um, so many, uh, I don't know, conspiracies, whatever, I don't know, uh, that went down in the U.S. military. I, I understand it. I understand it. It's not a perfect system. Supposedly, anything that's been created by man will eventually break or fall apart or something. Something like that. I'm not sure. So, uh, one of my buddies just reached out to me. I was just like, have you been looking at Texas lately? And I was like, not really. You know, he's like, you should go look down there. What's going on with government, Governor Greg Abbott or something, uh, doing a great job militizing. Look, I'll tell you something with this. So, he's like, take a look at this. Um... Cause another thing is, I mean, I like I believe in immigration. You know what I'm saying? I, I believe it's a it's a healthy part of society. It's um, it, I, I do believe it's a way for um societies to continue to grow, uh, and so that you don't get aged out or uh, technologyed out or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You're you're basically come old system. It's a good way to, you know, keep things going. Um, but there's so many people that don't believe in immigration and I'm like, man, no offense, man, or anything. When's the last time you've been to North Dakota? When's the last time you've been to, uh, South Dakota? When's the last time you've been to Wyoming? You know, like, you know, <laughs> come on, man. There's plenty of space. Uh, there's, uh, uh, New Mexico. I don't think I, maybe I drove through New Mexico to maybe get to Arizona or something. You know, but there's plenty of space, man. There's plenty of space and opportunities that we can, um, you know, I'm not saying that we got to herd these people, but essentially uh, place them, start new jobs, you know, new things. So, um, you know, they'll they'll bring new ideas. They'll bring young people so we don't get aged out. Um, 
So I, I, I'm like a believer in immigration. Uh, I do understand there was something I read by the Koch brothers uh, a while ago of how uh, 1% of the United States societies can change the whole nation, you know, or something like that, you know. Uh, so um, I understand how it could take a very small percentage to change the country. Uh, but, yeah, this was just something random. This has nothing to do with barf. Uh, let me see if I can, I'm, I'm just going to take a, a little hey, from Azerbaijan be crossing through the Mexican border. Vinny. I, and I'll tell you why, Adam, please explain. I'll this. tell you why, especially yeah. with that. Uh, this is a video of this guy. So, are we not uh, are you, you the so these are the people right that, these are the people that, question? these are the people that are breaking why, why, into your country, you folks. Ask me, I answer, Ready for his attitude? What, what is this? <laughs> That's amazing. These are the people right here, that kind of attitude. Let me uh, educate you. It's a tripod you hold the camera. So you see, there you go. Watch. Violence. So there you go. Next. These are the people that are coming in. It's easy to fight face, by the way. If you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. What? Wow. Who is this guy? Google his name and put it right next to the video. Okay. And can we see his face? Mavzam Samadov. And here's the thing, guys. Regardless. Good images. That's the guy. That's him. Now, let me say something. Okay. I get it. I get it. Literally... This guy appeared to be by himself. Not saying that he doesn't have a whole organization behind him. But I'm looking at this video. I'm like, it's, this is one guy. He might have had, looked like he may have had a friend or two with him. And yes, if I was about to do some crazy shit, I, I, I would travel alone myself. Um, I'm not rolling with the crew, you know. Um, so you take, I don't know, approximately, I think they said, Approximately 22 immigrants. And I'm sorry. I, I really don't want to get political or anything because that's not my just, uh, suit. The thing, guys, regardless. Good images. Uh, that's the guy. Let me see. He's Azerbaijan. Yeah, okay. He's from, he's, and that's it. Remember I said this. There's no left. There's no right. It's them against us. And, and shame on the government for stopping them from protecting their border. Like, bitch, this isn't, this isn't happening in Washington. Correct. The people of Texas, dude, they're fed up with the bullshit. What is going, what are we talking Vinny, about? Vinny, obviously I was being. At some point he said, this isn't like one person coming in, two people. He's like, this is about 22 million people that are crossing the border. You know, um, so I'm not saying that, okay, I can see that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a, that's a whole lot of people. That's approximately probably the 1% that I kind of was discussing. Uh, let me see, 22 million divided by 300 and approximately, let's say, 34 million, the amount of people who are in the United States. Uh, that's about 7%. Ooh, yeah, that's pushing it. Okay? I mean, if, if according to the Koch brothers, if I could find when I was reading it, they said all you need is 1% of the population to change, like, basically the whole country. Um, I get it. I get it. That's a lot. Um, but to say, I would say, okay, let's take the 22 million. And let's just say we have uh, 22 million. And let's just say um, 10% of those people are bad apples. So 10%. 
That's 2 million people. That's a lot of people who are bad apples. Uh, but 2 million divided by 334 million. Let's see. That's not even 1%. That's, it's not even 1% of the people who are bad apples. 22 million people are not going to be bad apples. If there were bad apples, it would have been found out. It would have been known. I mean, I don't have any statistics here, but I think we have probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, intelligence um, U.S. military. Like, uh, I I think 22 million people being bad apples is a little bit of a, a radical stance. Now, do I say let's stand by Texas? Hell yeah. All right. Usually, I have noticed something with Americans. I'm not sure if this is everybody. We normally don't give a fuck about anything until it's on our... I believe it's a theory. I believe it's called front door theory. Let me see. I can type in front door theory. Uh, Let me see. Sorry. My search engines always be changing, and I got to fix it. Front door theory. Let me see. Was it Golfman or something like that? Let me see. I'm going to type in Golfman. Golfman. I can't remember who came up with this theory. Um, uh, okay. This may not be the same thing I'm looking at. Well, essentially, front door theory is essentially we don't have a concern about something that's really going on until it's on our front doorstep. Um, and I saw that theory and I thought about it and maybe it kind of plagued my mind. But I've kind of noticed. I'm like, wow, people really don't give a fuck about concerns. I think Dave Chappelle even had a joke about it. He was like, I feel about the opioid crisis the same way that Caucasians felt about the crack crisis. I really don't give a fuck, you know, <laughs> but um, and, and that's because the opioid crisis is what? It's not affecting blacks. Uh, as far as I know, every time and I've. I've not directly, but I was I've been associated with a few people that have OD'd off of opioids. And a lot of times these are your mid twenties, early thirties, uh Caucasians in suburban America. You know, um I don't think I know of one black person or African American or Negro or Afro American, whatever, um, who has passed away from fentanyl or some opioid um i could be wrong about that i know a few black people that died from covid um but as far as someone telling me like hey did you hear about such and such uh they passed away in their bedroom last night how uh od on fentanyl i don't think i've heard that story yet i could be wrong i could be wrong and if i do more research in different places like new jersey new york uh philadelphia dc if, you know, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, Georgia, if I, if I did more regional research here, let's do it real quick. I'm sorry. I know we off topic. I'm supposed to be doing some research. Um, let's do it real quick. Um, and this is not to segregate or, you know, but, uh, what are, uh, my microphone's not working right now. I, I changed the settings and, um, somehow it messed up my mic. Uh, what are the demographics of deaths related 
to opioids, opioid use by race. Um, okay, it looks like there's an article written by kff.org. Um, okay, so it does look like there's a, you know, um, if I'm correct, I'm reading this correctly. So overall, in what year was this? What year? Okay, this was in 2021. Okay, so this was in 2021. Opioid overdoses, deaths by race slash ethnicity. So this is in 2021. This is not even relevant. But 2021. In the United States, overall, there was approximately 80,000 deaths. Approximately. Uh, the accurate number was 80,411 deaths. Approximately. This is 2021, according to KFF.org. Caucasians were approximately 53,000 of those deaths. That is absolutely insane. That's crazy. 14, approximately 14,000 of those, 14 and a half, 14,537 of those deaths were black. Approximately 10,000 were Hispanic. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the correct term to use anymore. I'm not sure. Uh, 533 were Asian. That's crazy. 533 of those people were Asian. That's crazy. Um, American Indian or Alaska Native, 932 people. And Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, 62 people. Wow. That's crazy. And then um, multiracial, multiracial was approximately about 926 people um and i don't see anything that says anything like this is by the thousands or millions or anything um mm. and then they even break it down into unintentional suicide homicide gosh uh undetermined in intent and then they even break it down into methadone synthetic opioids other than methadone Oh my gosh. And this was in 2021. Um, so there obviously are a whole lot of um, uh, deaths. Uh, I have not experienced it much. But uh, 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 this, this, this appears to be, I mean, let's just say out of, uh, what was it? What was it? 50 divided by 80? I mean, over 60% are the Caucasians. I don't mean to say the Caucasians. I I I don't want to. Uh, this obviously a Caucasian issue. Um, and my concern is, is what? Nobody's paying attention. Why? Because it's not affecting us at our front door. But what always happens? Eventually, it will. Eventually, it does. So while the Caucasians are going through this, we should be side by side with them. Helping them. Not, and I don't mean to separate. Seriously, I do truly believe in the human race. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, if you if we were to go into our subcategories, um, and that's seriously an issue that I think us as, as Americans really got to get over. It's ridiculous that Caucasians are suffering this bad. Uh, and, and I know that was an article from 2021, but 
I'm still hearing about this opioid thing going on in 2023. So I want to, um, I want to see if I can find just one more time. I just want to see, and this has nothing to do with barf. Uh, opioid. I'm still hearing about the deaths uh, with opioids. So it's not like this was just over a couple years ago. Deaths by race, 2023, USA. Um. Okay, let me see. This is the Center of Diseases and Control Prevention. Let me see if they got a graph. Um, okay. Uh, I know this is totally off topic. Um, drug overdose death relate, uh, relative to final counts of 2019 after six-month lag. Okay, so I'm not sure. The graphs are starting to get a little difficult for me to read. Now, I do see an overall graph, and the deaths are going up. The this was the last analysis was done January 7th, 2024, and it got up to approximately uh, 106,000 deaths in August of 2023. Okay, so uh, I guess this was from August 2023 to January 7th, 2024. They said predicted number of deaths moving forward. Again, this is Center, let me see something, uh, Center of Disease Control and Prevention, uh, uh, .gov. Um, this is terrible. This is terrible. Uh, the predicted amount of deaths moving, I guess, in the next 12 months is expected to be Approximately 112,000 deaths on opioid overdoses. The graph is crazy. I, honestly, I, I, okay, it's hum, okay. This graph is like a, um, it's what you expect out of a graph. It's a linear, it's start from the bottom, it goes to the top. Like, it's, uh, I, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say um, um, what I was going to say. Um, okay, let me give you an example of what I mean. In 2015, the number of deaths were approximately 47,500. Okay? If you look at this graph, every year it is going up. Okay? And I'm pretty sure that the amount... It's probably let's just say I could be wrong. Probably sixty percent. Let's just let's just stick to that number, um, and it could be wrong. A hundred. Let's say the next twelve months, from January twenty twenty four to January twenty twenty five, is approximately going to be about one hundred twelve thousand deaths. Now, let's say it continues to be a, a issue, of, you know, in the Caucasian community. If there's still sixty percent. It's going to be 67,000 of those deaths are going to be approximately Caucasians. And that is a travesty. It, that is so sad. Not, not to mention the other things I notice uh, with my Caucasian buddies sometimes. Um, not to mention kind of the abortions as well. I've, I have noticed that uh, I've seen in the black community as well. I'm not sure about the Hispanics. Or uh, Spanish-speaking people, or the uh, Asians, I you know I don't really you know, but I have noticed in the black community I have noticed more and more abortions, uh, various reasons. Um, um, uh, yeah, 
Um, I would not say my Spanish speaking friends, I hear them talk about abortion much. Um, uh, and I, my Asian, uh, buddies, I don't think I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not that deep into it, but, um, I have noticed it's more between my Caucasian, uh, buddies. I do hear them talk about abortion and I've noticed in the black community, abortion has kind of been going up as well as too. And I'm not saying I'm pro-life or the other thing, anti-life or, 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 or uh, pro-life or, um, pro-abortion or anything. I'm just saying that. All right. So let's just say, I don't know how many, uh, and this is the reason I try to stay from politics and whatnot, because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But if we're going to lose approximately 67,000 Caucasians uh, in the next 12 months, that's approximately how much of the population? Uh, let's take the 67,000. This is just by opioids, okay? We still have car accidents. We still have um, alcohol-related, uh, cigarette-related. So just the 67,000 divided by 334 million. Okay. I don't know if I did that math correctly. 67,000 divided by 34, no, 334 million. 330, I'm going to do 334 million. Okay, the number is huge, or really small, uh, either one. Here, let me see, let me see, 330, I don't think I'm doing this correctly, 334 million divided by, let's say 67,000. Yeah, let's see if I'm doing this correctly. Uh, I don't think I'm doing it correctly, but um, it, it's a tiny number. You know, it's a tiny number. I can understand that. People say, oh, that's a small number. You know what I'm saying? Of, of population. That's uh, that's a, an absolutely ridiculous number of people who have to pass away because nobody gives a fuck. You know, and then we have the cigarette related incidents. That's going to be another uh, hundred thousand possibly Caucasians and you got alcohol related deaths. That's going to be another $60,000. I mean, not dollar, uh, Caucasian. I mean, at some point, and I'm not sitting here trying to go on a, uh, uh, save human lives. Screw it. Okay. Just save a human life. You know what I'm saying? But do blacks probably care that much? Do Asians probably care that much? Do Spanish speaking people care that much? No. If you looked at the American native or something, Alaska native, whatever, it was like 93 people. They're probably not even aware of the crisis, you know, <laughs> like, so I can understand where it's like, yo, what, what I was going based on was standby Texas. Okay. I mean, I know it seems like we're going to militarize our Texas police officers to keep these uh, immigrants or whatever out. It's like. We may not fully understand the situation. You know, I don't see a bunch of individuals from my perspective uh, coming over. Uh, I don't know um, where they would come in. They would probably come in by New York, uh, Baltimore, maybe. But I don't see it. You know, I don't see a bunch of individuals coming in from. Uh, I don't even know where they would come in from. Uh, uh, the Baltimore Harbor or. um Shit, I don't even know. I think they, I think Virginia probably got some places where they would come in, uh, but I don't see it. I don't experience it. So you know, when you hear these people from Texas, um, and you know they say that the Southern accent 
makes people think that you're dumb. It just, I don't know, something about the Southern accent, people automatically associate that with a low IQ. You know, so you see these people talking about, hey, what are you doing in my country? Get out my country. Go back where you came from. You know, we hear that and we're like, oh, idiot. You know, I don't know what it is. You hear somebody with a New York accent and we just think, oh, baller, you know. So, you know, it may be beneficial maybe to say people got accents. We got to get past the accent. You know what I'm saying? And here, what is y'all concern? What's going on? Is there anything that we can do to help this situation out? You know, having a huge concern of immigrants coming over. um, And, you know, they found one guy who appears to be some war criminal with, uh, I don't know, from Azerbaijan or something. And supposedly he's been convicted as a war criminal or something. So they got this guy. They found this guy, you know. But also on the other end, I've never been in a situation where America was so bad. As much as America does not have all their shit together, racism, um, sexual harassment in the workplace, systematic racism, um, uh, the opioid crisis. I will admit, there was one time when I was seriously considering get packing my stuff up and I was going to go north to Canada. I was going to go to Toronto or something. I said, I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. I got to deal with every day. Uh, one thing that annoys me is the systematic racism. No offense. I have better credentials and experience than my Caucasian counterpart. But somehow my Caucasian counterpart becomes a deputy uh, director or uh, um, uh, vice president uh, of the organization or something, something like that. And I become customer service. And I know my interviewing skills, are they the best? Do I have the best personality in the world? No. But, I mean, if you look at the transcripts, if you look at the history, it pretty much, I mean, it's pretty decent. It's pretty much, if not, you know, so does shit like that get on my nerves? It does. It really does. You know, and I think Canada does very well. One reason why they have, I would say, probably a pretty good immigration policy in place. Diversity in thought, you know, uh, not getting aged out. You know, I think I, I could be wrong. I think China is experiencing an aging issue where essentially everyone, I could be wrong, is older. Because I think a few years ago, they had this thing where they weren't allowing people to have more than like one baby. My thing was, and I never really looked it up. What were they doing with the other babies? If someone had two babies, like were, were we like doing like the 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 Moses days? <laughs> like, let me let me see real quick. Uh, I don't even know how to ask this question. Real quick, when China had the one baby rule, what did they do to the other babies? I don't even know how to ask this. And I don't even know if what I'm about to read is true or not. Um, like, what if someone got pregnant again? What did they do? The policy enacted uh, the growth rate of the country's population, which the government viewed to be too rapid. It was enforced by a variety of methods, including financial incentives for families and compliance, contraceptives, forced sterilization, ooh, 
enforced abortions. Oh, wow. If parents did not pay a fine, second child could not be registered in the national household system, meaning they did not exist legally and so would not have access to social services like health care and education. Wow, that is different. But I do think they may be having an issue now where the majority of the population. Um, here, let me see real quick. And this is nothing I was supposed to be researching. China's um, uh, population. Uh, by age. Now, I don't know exactly what an old population means. You know, what does that do for the country? But, um, yeah. Let me see. Now, approximately about 50% of their population is between 25 and 54. Uh, but approximately about 12% is about 65 years and over. Um, and then they have a population of about 0 to 14. So, I'm not sure. Let me see. Uh, here, let me see something real quick. And then we're going to get to the research that I intended to do. Um, I believe it's China. I'm not sure. China's uh, aging uh, problem. I'm just going to put aging problem. Okay, by 2035, an estimated 400 million people in China will, will be aged 60 and older, representing 30% of the population, according to the government's own projections. And the ratio of old to young is expected to rapidly grow more balanced after deaths outnumber births last year for the first time since 1961. Okay. So, um, let's see. I just want to see why is this a big concern? Welcome to PayPal First Look. We are on a mission. Oh, give me a second. It's an advertisement. One second, just gonna pass this ad. All right, just a few more seconds. About six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, let me turn the volume back up. The new report from Moody's finds that six Asian economies could experience rapid increases in their populations aged 65 and above over the next two decades. That would suggest a large decline in the working age group and a fall oh. in the contribution of labor, which could drive oh. domestic pressures and say, shape the direction of global inflation and interest rates. Let's bring in Christian de Guzman, senior of global inflation, the contribution of labor, which could drive domestic pressures and say, shape the direction of global inflation and interest rates. Oh, this is why we're getting uh, away from China. We're looking a decade or two out. This is why, because we already know that they're not going to have no employees um, or whatnot. Okay. And I'm not saying this is true. Christina Guzman, Senior Vice President at Moody's Investor Service. For more on this report, Christian, thank you for your time. Uh, no, without a doubt, Japan and China, that's where uh, the aging demographics are most challenging. So how would you characterize uh, the respective policy approaches that both of those sovereigns have been taking? And what does it mean? ultimately for the credit profile well i think when you talk about the their respective policy approaches i think what we're seeing is, is something that is rather sort of marginal and not ne not necessarily material in effect yet 
a lot of the um, a lot of the policies that we have seen so far um, have uh, uh, have sort of centered on pro-natal policies and increasing workforce uh, labor participation. But these are are, are really sort of um, not uh, very significant when you when you think about the sort of scale of the challenge that that we are facing. Um, I think amongst other things with regards to the actual aging uh, 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 bit of, of this of this problem, we are also looking at, uh, at things like uh, pension spending. And here there hasn't really been a lot of, of work. And so um, I think one of the things that we are also trying to highlight is that um, in the absence of, of reforms uh, related to um, aging related uh, aging specific issues, we are going to run into some issues such as, um, uh, pensions running out, out of money. I mean, in China's case, right, they've been trying to stitch together a social safety net, including a, a sort of retirement slash pension slash superannuation system, whatever you want to call it, for some time. Okay, so I don't completely understand everything. Uh, the, the pension thing, I didn't really understand. I guess there's going to be uh, a huge amount of pension money that's going to be going out. Um, as well as the workforce is going to decrease substantially, uh, as, as uh, I guess, substan uh, uh, subsequently, I'm not sure, increasing um, uh, uh, prices of goods and services um, uh, because they're not going to have as many employees. So they're going to have to pay these employees more, which is going to make the products and services cost more. Uh, and this is probably one reason why we're getting away from China. Uh, recently, I have noticed a lot of stuff I've uh, been looking at discussing. Um, China would not be the main, um, what is it, um, exporter to the United States. Um, we've been, you know, looking elsewhere to diversify our portfolio, uh, I guess, so that China doesn't really determine um, the prices of our goods and services, which I guess they did for so many decades. Okay. Wow. Um, and I could be wrong. What is one thing that could solve the issue a little bit? I could be wrong. Immigration. Um, but I understand immigration is a huge concern for national security and everything. Uh, so I don't want to really get into politics. I really hope I didn't get too political and, uh, and offend anybody. Um, uh, but yeah, um, so, all right, real quick, have not even got to, I don't even think I'm going to take a break. Should I take a break? Would it be easier uh, for people to, to, here, fine, I'll go ahead and take a break real quick, and um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, I could just keep going, but maybe it's easier if it, you know, just to break it up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. <laughs> I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. 
Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mason and his imaginary best friend, Sonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mason sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mason and Zonkey discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mason, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonkey, Langston Mason learns about the value of money and how to save the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges with money and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mason set savings goals teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mason's Coolamated Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors. It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mason, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mason's Coolamade Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mason's Coolamade Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and, and am excited to join the community of storytellers. With a background in finances, I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mason's Coolamade Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement. And I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please 
feel free to contact me. Uh, you can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. Woo. This, this, this one is like all over the place. I, I don't even know where we went, where we going to, but I'm right now. I'm going to try to get on track. Okay. House of Barf. Here we go. Okay. So I recently wrote a children's book. Okay. And, um, that children's book, uh, I want to get out to more audiences. If I could, um, I really would like to see, um, where this thing could go. You know, um, we don't know. Uh, been receiving a little bit of support out here in the Prince George's County area. A, a lot of support. So much support. I mean, seriously. Um, was recently talking to someone who uh, wrote a children's book a few years ago and has yet to sell one single copy. They wrote this book probably five years ago. And they've yet to sell one single copy. So, you know, I've been receiving tremendous amount of support. But um, I want to do more and more and more. Because, again, my goal is to be able to, um, you know, travel with my children, um, you know, pick them up from school, drop them off with the extracurriculars, uh, one thing that's really important to me is when they're sick, I really can't stand, um, because my, I'm trying to impress my manager, you know, um, and I know my child is not feeling well, but I'm just going to slap a mask on him and tell him to go, go to school and, you know, call me if you're not feeling well, because I need to get to work. That is like, I feel like I've done the lowest because not only am I, affecting my child's health who's not feeling well i'm sacrificing the lives of other children because i'm gonna go make myself what two hundred dollars a day no offense let's just say you make uh a hundred thousand dollars right and you divide that by i believe 2080 which is the amount of working hours in a year so i can go make 48 dollars times eight let's say in one day so that I can go make approximately $400, I'm willing to sacrifice the life of my child and other children for $400 that day. And then I'll do it again the next day, $800, and the day after that, $1,200. It takes kids about a week to get well, you know? So, you know, let me do that. $400, approximately $400 times five. So let's say I send them to school you know, for five days. They're not feeling well. They're not going to get a chance to heal till the weekend. So I could make approximately $2,000. I sacrificed my life, uh, uh, the life of my child, other children, and other adults, and, and stellar adults, teachers, principals, so that I could go make my $2,000 this week. That's, that's, that disturbs me. And that, like, that should be criminal. You know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not cool to me. I, feel, I honestly, when I do that stuff, I feel horrible. You know, it can't even focus at work because I'm focused on my child sitting there trying to get through their school day. Probably fell asleep at their desk. 
because they're exhausted when easily uh, if I had good health care, um, a good paying job, I could easily take my child to the doctor so that we could get that doctor's note, take them home, warm bath, lay down, favorite cartoon, whatever you want to watch. I'll work from home or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or I'll take the day off and I'll lay down and watch cartoons with you because I'm okay. I'm good. You know? Uh, yeah, th- that stuff is very important to me. And as well as, seriously, I do plan on, besides my own personal issues that I focus on, I do definitely plan on giving back. Churches, libraries, hospitals. If I get to a certain point, I'm really going to, seriously, financial literacy is a thing I focus on, but who knows? I may end up in healthcare. I may end up caring about healthcare. I don't know. You never know where you're going to end up. Um, so yes, research. Um, I want to do business with organizations, see if they would be willing to, you know, if we could build a partnership on this Langston Mason's uh, cool and made adventure. All right. So one company, uh, I'm putting the phone down. Uh, I don't have a stand for it, but one company that I have reached out to, um, is uh, Chick-fil-A. I thought they would be, I don't know if y'all been seeing them lately, but I've been seeing lately Chick-fil-A has been um, sending me like YouTube shorts and they're actually really good. Uh, I think they do it like at least once a year around Christmas or something. Here, let me pull one up. I mean, we all got to listen to the whole thing. Chick-fil-A. Um, um, Oh my gosh, it's all these people stuffing down chicken sandwiches. Let me see. I think I found one. Uh, This one's about 10 minutes long. We're not going to watch the whole thing. see if I fast forward. I will admit there was this uh I don't know Pixar short or something that really inspired me, man. Our sweetheart. Like it was about this dude that went to work every day. It was it was a short. It was two or three minutes before you know your movie starts. You know, and uh ate the same sandwich every day, did the same work every day. And I do that and for some reason I find happiness in it. When other people hate it, I'm I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm in AC. Um I'm in heat. Um, got a cafeteria, got a gym. I'm good, you know, but everybody hates it. So it was this short. I don't even know if I can find it uh, right now, but um, I don't know. One day the guy like quit his job and went to the beach and something. And, and I was like, you know what? I can see why people don't like this life. I can see. It doesn't really bother me much, but I can see, you know, being able to just go live your life a little bit. But here, let me fast forward a little bit on this short, on Chick-fil-A short. Hmm, you're doing very well, Sam. An excellent apprentice. I think we can retire the snow globe now and begin the next phase of your training. Finding and helping those in need without using this. Well, how? By opening your eyes and your heart. And Zach? Okay, and one last thing about being in the office every day. I seriously think I fucked my elbow up. Like, um, cause you're constantly at your desk and holding your arm in like this one position. 
uh, that kind of is like, I think, a reminder kind of from God. Like, you know, remember, Chan, you know, you really want that life. Feel your elbow. It doesn't feel right. And somebody told me, you know what I'm saying, think about it. You're driving. You're in this position. You go to work. You're in this position. You literally hold your arm in this position for 10 12, 14, 16 hours a day. If arm eventually takes it, it's going to start hurting, you know? So I think about, you know, my arm started feeling better during the summertime when uh, we were hitting the pool. And I started feeling like, oh crap, my arm is starting to feel better, you know? Um, But yeah, I think about that stuff, like getting back in the office. I don't think I'm I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing that shit anymore. I stopped by one of the offices that I applied to. I just stopped by the office yesterday. It wasn't open, but I was like, you know what? Uh, Actually, I had some other shit to do in the area. Um, And I was like, oh, snap, my man. Uh, His office, I was hollering at my man. And my, uh, my man's office was right next to the office of the job I just recently applied for. And I was like, cool, you know, let me go sit, you know, go check out this office, right? And I check out the area. It's not campus style per se. You know, campus style basically is like a campus, like a university. But essentially campus style. Office right here. There's the there's the uh, restaurants over there, you know, whatever it was. Um, chicken and whiskey or whatever it was. Um a bunch of traffic, people walking around, and I peeked inside the window. I actually tried to walk in, and uh, I peeked inside. And I know I probably shouldn't be saying this too much because I am interviewing and people may be watching. And I peeked through the window, and all I saw was like kind of like a flashback, like, oh, shit. I saw people's desk with their cameras on top of their monitors how clean people's desks were. Um, I I could even hear their voices. Uh, I could hear it all again. And it was like visiting, I don't know, Ghost of Christmas Past. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was, it was, it was not like a, it was not like a, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I'm going to get this job. Oh yeah, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to knock it out the park. No, it was like a, <gasps> Like, 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 like that. It was like, oh gosh. It's like, do you really want to be? It's funny how God does stuff. I went to go holler at my man's, saw the office that I applied to. I was like, oh shit, that's the office I just applied to. And not only did I just apply, they called me. It was like, Chan, uh, we'd be really interested in having you. Uh, we've got a bunch of candidates that we want to interview, but we will get back to you. I was like, all right, cool. Totally forgot about it. And did I send a follow-up email? Um, um, you know, the follow-up email. Hey, thank you for your time. Sorry. Excuse Thank you for your time. I uh, just want to let you know I really appreciate your time and consideration and uh, blah, 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 blah. No, I didn't even send the email. I ain't even going to lie. I want to let you know that I'm still interested in the role. I didn't. And I really do need the job. I can't even lie to you. I need it. Uh, I have faith. And God, don't get it wrong, but my bills are piling up. I'm about to lose everything. Like, it wouldn't hurt just to get some occupations and keep pumping. 
do I think it's necessarily what God has in store for me? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't really think so. I think the next time I go back to an organization, it's going to be in a different role. It's going to be a different mindset. It's not going to be um, me chasing jobs. I think it's going to be organizations wanting to bring me in um, as a contractor or whatever, just so that we can get busy, so we can get to work. And the good thing about that is I'm not going to have to do that fake smile bullshit or being peppy or trying to take my coat off because I don't want to, I don't know. Hey, what's with the coat? What are you talking about, man? I'm chilly. Or I just forgot to take it off. I got in the office and got to work and I forgot to take off my jacket. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to be that fake smile. Hey, are you in a bad mood today? Why are you not smiling? What? Why does it have to be I'm in a bad mood? Maybe I'm just doing my work, you know, <laughs> like, or or what restaurant we're going to go to for lunch. Like, why do we always have to go eat seafood or some expensive lunch to go around bragging about it for another hour after lunch? Yeah, we went to, I don't know, some restaurant. Yeah, Bluefin, best crab in town, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, come on, what are we doing? We literally spent an hour before lunch talking about lunch. Spend an hour at lunch talking about lunch and an hour after lunch talking about lunch. And before that hour, we started talking about lunch before lunch. You talked about coffee for an hour. Then you were in the toilet for an hour. And literally, these people get promotions. And my ass, who's trying to sit at my desk and work, doesn't. You know? So, I really have a sense. Now, it would be a pleasure for organizations who want to bring me in. I don't have to sit around and talk about coffee for an hour I don't even drink coffee, to be honest. Every now and then I have a sports energy drink because I'm fucking tired. But I don't have to sit there. If someone sits at my desk talking about what kind of fucking coffee they're drinking, I can literally say, shut the fuck up. This company brought me in to do this shit. Now get the fuck out of here. Compared to if I'm sitting there trying to keep my job, keep my $60,000, $50,000 job, you know, hey, oh, you, oh, black Irish. Oh, okay. With, you said the creamsicle with the caramel drip and the shavings. Oh, oh, those are caramel crunch shavings. Oh, okay. Great. Little whip, little whip soy. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Blue 42. Okay. Got it. Okay. That's the coffee you like. Great. Oh, mint, mint chocolate. Okay. Got it. Fantastic. Sounds awesome. Sounds fantastic. You know, like, did I see the game last night? Yes, I saw the game last night. It went on until about midnight, and I'm a little tired. Don't really feel like, yeah, I saw Steph Curry. He didn't really get the job done. LeBron James playing phenomenal at fucking 40 years old. Actually, 39. Don't want to age him. You know, did, yeah, he did great. Anthony Davis, I don't know what's going on with him. Sit there for an hour talking about that. I can literally, because the organization brings me in, I can literally tell people, shut the fuck up. Okay, yes, I saw the game last night. We could talk about it later, all right? Right now, let's get busy, you know? And then lunch, fuck your lunch. I don't give a damn about your lunch. Go. If you want to go get Subway sandwich or you want to go get McCormick and Schmitz, do it. And I'm not going to lunch with you, okay? I don't want to, all right? Fuck off, you know? (laughs) And then after lunch, I promise if you come in here and tell me about your crap fucking cake sandwich, I'm going to lose it. You ate your lunch. Do what you got to do. Now let's get back to getting busy. All right? And we could talk about your, the fucking cowboys and commanders 
And we could talk about LeBron James playing at 40 years old and how he should probably shave and go bald. And we could talk about whatever Cindy's ass. Yes, I know. We all can see it. It's fat. And we, we could talk about all that shit later. Okay? I really don't want to sit here for an hour talking about somebody's cookie cutter. All right? Like, it would be such a pleasure to be able to come into companies more so, I guess as they say, authentic or unapologetic compared to, oh, man, you see Lucy's ass? Shit, I would love to pound that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that ass fat, yeah. yeah. If we're sitting here talking about her ass for 30 minutes, like, what the fuck? You know, seriously, I know it sounds crazy, but seriously, it, it gets nuts in the office. I don't even understand how anybody gets any work done. To be honest, I don't understand it. Like, I don't know when people get it done. So I really think that would be the best opportunity for me to come in um, as someone where the organization wants me and I have security. I don't want to walk around with a fake-ass smile all day. All right? If I'm smiling, it's because I'm smiling. If I'm not smiling, it doesn't mean I'm unhappy. It just means that maybe maybe I'm focused. Maybe I'm thinking like, oh, shit. Um, I forgot to email such and such yesterday. Oh, shit. Oh, I got how many meetings do I got today? Four meetings? Okay, crap. I don't even know how I'm going to get anything done today. Four meetings. And I think they all are an hour long at least. Uh, it, I could just be thinking, you know? I could literally be thinking, oh, snap. Uh, my man's um, got his girl pregnant. And um, I'm wondering how am I, I, I want to go get him some, uh, some diapers. Don't get the newborns because I'm pretty sure family already got the newborns. So maybe I want to get the two-year-old joints, or not two-year-old, but the two-month joints or whatever. Uh, and I don't have any time to run to the store. Maybe I can get them delivered. Uh, so, you know, I may be thinking about something. I may not be in a bad mood. Very rarely, I'd say this real quick, am I in a terrible mood. It's, it's not I'm saying it's very rare, but I'm really never in a bad mood. Even if I get mad at somebody, I'm not in a bad mood. You just made me angry. And after I had expressed myself, which I'm working on, I'm 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 good. <laughs> you know, I'm very, I'm really never in a bad mood. It, I don't know what it is. I think life is too short to be in a bad mood. Now, may I have other issues? Very possibly. You know, may I have issues of when I'm not feeling very well about myself, and maybe I would say, maybe do I have times of depression? Possibly. Um, but am I like sad and whatnot? No, it's something I'm dealing with for the time being, you know, but I don't let it get to me. I don't let it bring me down. I try to get my ass up out of bed. I try to, you know, uh, Hey, we're all getting together for the Ravens chiefs game. I may try to meet up, you know, I, you know, I, I may try, I may try, you know, um, but am I like in a bad mood? Nah, nah, not ever. Now, I mean, I have my times where I'm down, but I always try to be happy and whatnot. But Chick-fil-A, they have these originals. Be bold, Sam. Real compassion requires action. Okay, so they're really nice, okay? So, um, so what I want to do is, um, oh, let me see. I'm trying to look for the email that I sent to Chick-fil-A. I sent them an email already. Um... Crap. No, I can't find it. Chick. Filet. 
Okay. So, hi, Chan Man. I told him, you know, it's Chan Man. Thank you for taking the time to contact Chick-fil-A. All requests for partnering with Chick-fil-A, Inc. should be made through doing business with us section of our website. While we may not be able to respond to every submission, know your request will be reviewed and we will be in touch if there's a fit partnership opportunity. To submit your request, please visit Chick-fil-A Do Business With Us. So, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to the Do Business With Us site. And I'm going to look for that email that I sent to them already. Because, to be honest, I really don't be feeling like repeating emails and whatnot. I get kind of tired quickly. Um, let me see. Gosh. Like, where's the email that I sent to them? Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on. Uh, here, give me a second. Let me. I'm just hoping, like, hoping I didn't delete it or anything. I know I didn't delete it. Come on. Uh, uh. Give me just one second. I reached out to a few different people. I reached out to, uh, I plan on reaching out to Disney. I reached out to NBC. Um, I reached out to this flea market up the street from me. And I cannot find my email to Chick-fil-A. Give me one moment. Uh, how did I find an email that they sent to me regarding? Oh, let me think. I didn't send them an email. I probably went to their website and sent it to them that way. <sighs> All right. But I probably put it on a Word document. Let me see. Before I sent it to them. All right. I think I found the Word document. Okay. All right. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Let me copy and paste this. I already wrote this thing up. I do not feel like writing it up again. All right. So I think I found it. Okay. So I'm going to go to the Doing Business With Us uh, Chick-fil-A website. And... Um... I'm just looking at the website right now. Uh, a partnership you can trust. Chick-fil-A is the largest quick service chicken chain in the United States based on the domestic annual sales of approximately 2,000 locations in 48 states in Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and Canada. All right, fantastic. All right, so how do I... Um, I'm looking for... To submit your request, please visit Do Business With Us. Okay? And right now I'm visiting the Do Business With Us. You know what? I'm just going to accept all your cookies. All right? Go ahead. And maybe it will pop up. 
Um, I'm looking for partnerships. All right, let me sign in. I think I believe I have a Chick Fil A account. GBH. Man, this this heat thing is getting crazy. Like I don't even know the temperature to put my like. It's like hot right now, and then literally the other day it was snowing. Gosh darn it! I can't remember all. I don't want to get locked out. I'm going to try it one more time. All right. I got to. I forgot my password. Resetting my password. Reset my password. Alright, I reset up my password. Um, and I'm going to the do business. Oh gosh. Sorry. I'm going back to the do business with us page. Alright, I just signed in. Oh, maybe this is something else. Oh, yeah, this is. We don't recognize this device. All right, they want to verify me. Give me a second. Uh, not even receiving the verification email. Okay, here it is. All right, verify my device. Thank you for verifying. Okay, great. All right, I verified my device. All right. back it keeps trying to send me to the um okay here we are now I'm on the do business with us page okay customer support franchising merchandise let me see merchandise our latest collection is no longer available want to stay in touch about future collections nah I don't want to do that um, do business with us. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. View account. No, this is not what I'm trying to do. Sorry. Yeah, this is when you kind of just... If you want to ride with me on this journey, you can ride with me. Um... Okay, I'm trying to accept something. Um, 
Site submission terms and policies. Site submission, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm going back to do business with us page. And it looks like the only way I can reach out to them is by clicking on, we're constantly scouting sites for new Chick-fil-A restaurants across the country. Find out which markets have opportunities and how to take next steps. That sounds interesting, but that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, but it looks like this is the only way I can really get in contact with them. Um... Gosh, okay, so regardless, I'm just going to go ahead and if they're saying that this is really the only way you're supposed to reach out to Chick-fil-A about partnerships, uh, then this is just how I'm going to have to reach out to them. And then they should lead me in the right direction. So right now they're talking about, you know, you know, if I know about Chick-fil-A, lo uh, good locations, open up a Chick-fil-A and maybe I want to get into franchising with them or something. Um, yeah, so they want to know the information of the 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 address of the area that they think I think would be a good area and I'm like yo that's not what I'm trying to do um here let me just go to Google and type in um partnership with Chick Fil A Yeah, and it says go to the do business with us. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, partner with us, Chick Fil A. I'm I'm just going to Google now. Gosh, surely don't make this easy. Okay. <sighs> you know what? I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna fill it out. Uh, gosh darn it. Sorry. I'm looking to partner with Chick-fil-A. Events and partnerships. Uh, general partnerships. Okay, maybe find out something. Metro partnerships. Oh, capitals. Wizards. Yeah, they're not going to want to partner with me. But let me go ahead. My name. Alright, give them my personal information. Okay, and I'm going to copy and paste that email that I've already written up. Okay. 
Dear Chick Filet Family. All right, let me make sure I spelled Chick Fil A correctly. Yep, Chick Fil A. All right, Fill A. Chick Fill A. All right, fantastic. And check my spacing. Make sure you know you know spacing's good. They can read it. Um, got my name on here. All right. Uh, for the most part, that should be good. Um, oh. Um. Sorry, I'm just uh, checking a few things that don't relate. Because I've sent this email to a few different people, and I just need to make sure um, that I take out all the stuff that is unrelated. Okay. Sorry, I'm still reading the email. A partnership with Chick Phil A. Okay, so I'm finished the email. Um, if you want me to read it, uh, I can read it with y'all real quick. Dear Chick-fil-A family, I hope this email finds you well. My name is Chandler G. Hayes, and I'm reaching out to express my interest in securing a partnership with Chick-fil-A to showcase and sell my recently published children's book, Langston Mankson's Cooler Maid Adventure. Um, okay. Um, I believe that my book would find an enthusiastic audience among the visitors. Um, let me see. Among the customers, uh, Langston Mason's Cool and Made Adventure is a heartwarming children's tale that I'm eager to share with families in the local area. I am kindly requesting information on the process and availability of, um, of uh, I don't know, securing a partnership with um, your organization if there are specific dates or upcoming events where i could participate please provide details so i can plan accordingly moreover if there are any fees or requirements associated with obtaining um a partnership please let me know i'm committed to adhering to all guidelines and making the process as seamless as possible thank you for your consideration for considering my request I'm excited about the prospect of showcasing my book with Chick-fil-A. Looking forward to your response and any guidance you can provide. Langston Mason's Cooler Made Adventure is currently available on the following websites. Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Goodreads, Saxo. Best regards, Chandler G. Hayes, and my contact information. All right, let's see how that goes. See if it works. I'm going to copy that real quick just in case there's any 
of flops. So copy that, submit. And there's a problem with your submission. Gosh darn it. Your emails don't match. What? Oh, my bad. Muddy. All right, let's try this again. Submit. Thank you for contacting us. We'll be in touch with you shortly. Boom. All right, we got that out of the way. All right, so there's another one I'm going to try to reach out to. Um, as I told you, I reached out to a couple already. I reached out to NBC. I reached out to... I, I'm looking how to contact Disney. Uh, I reached out to Chick-fil-A. I reached out to this flea market. Excuse me. I reached out to this flea market up the street from me. Um, all right, so another one, Bus Boys and Poets. So I'm going to try to reach out to Bus Boy and Poets uh, of seeing how we can um, collaborate. Um, it's a restaurant in the area. Uh, so I'm going to busboyandpoets.com. Uh, Contact us. Um, and there's another one I'm going to try to reach out to as well. Uh, for author talks book events. If these forms do not fit your needs, let me see. Looks like there's a form. Um, please reach out directly to book Okay, so there's an email that it looks like I can reach out to. It's bus, bu book events at busboyandpoise.com. So I'm going to compose this email and put them in there. So I'm going to compose this email to Busball and Poets. And then there's one more thing. Uh, I'm going to start reaching out to um, uh, local libraries and whatnot. So let me go to, uh, so I'm going to write up the email to Busball and Poets. I'm going to send that off. Also, um, uh, Greenbelt Library. I'm going to reach out to libraries, uh, start reach, reaching out to them. So, um, so one library, I'm going to look up real quick, Greenbelt Library. Um, so I'm going to go to Greenbelt Library, and I'm going to go to, let me see, donate, let me see, um, online library, okay, online library, and I see this thing called local author resources. So, information for local authors. The library recognizes the creative efforts of currently county res residents by including their works in the collection when possible. These works must meet the library selection criteria and standards as detailed in the selection policy for library materials. Uh, let me see some of these standards. Um, the term materials is intended to encompass all forms of media and has the widest possible inclusion. Uh, um, let me see, criteria for selection. There is no single standard which can be applied to all materials included in the library's collection. Some materials are selected to meet the informational and educational needs of the community. Others may be evaluated primarily in terms of their artistic merit or chosen to satisfy customer demand within the community. Okay, so uh, I'll figure out if I fit the criteria later. I'm just gonna move forward. Uh, how do I submit work for consideration? Please send a copy of your finished work and a cover letter introducing yourself to Materials Management, Local Author Submission, Administration Offices, Prince George's County Memorial Library System. All right, fantastic. 
um, um, so one thing that's going to help me out real quick, and I'll do this with y'all real quick. Uh, I'm going to chat GPT and I'm going to say, Hey, can you write a cover letter for me to submit, uh, my children's book? Oh, my apostrophe S children. Isn't it S apostrophe? Okay, no, it's apostrophe S. Children's uh, book, uh, Langston. Langston's cool la made adventure to, wait, let me see. Can you write a cover letter for me to submit my children's book for, I should probably put those in um, parentheses. For for consideration to um, be accepted, I believe, by the. Let me get the name of this library. Um, let me go back. Uh, the library, I believe, is called. It's like the Memorial Library. Somewhere I see. Let me see, is it Prince George's? Here, let me just, let me, here, let me start over. Green, Belt, Library. And I'm gonna send this off to a bunch of libraries in the area uh, if, if I can figure out how to get it done. All right. Okay, so, is it Greenbelt Branch Library? Or is it Prince George's County? What is it called? What's the name of this library? All right, I think it's Greenbelt Branch Library. Okay. I should have Prince George's County Memorial Library System. Um, I think I'm just going to put Prince George's County Memorial Library System. Because I think that's who I'm writing this email to. Okay, so that's that's who I'll write it to. Uh, to be accepted by the Prince George's County Memorial Library System. All right, and then I'm gonna send that a chat GPT, and they say put your name, address, all that information first. The library's information next, dear person. Okay, and it's still going. Okay, and I'll tell you basically what it came up with. And, uh, you know, it's probably 90%, you know, what I'm going to use. And then I'm going to tweak it a little bit. I'm writing to express my enthusiasm and uh, and submit my children's uh, book, Langston Mason's Cool Made Adventure, for consideration to be included in the Prince George's County Memorial Library System. So I'm going to go ahead and get ready to send that off as well. Uh, so we already sent an email to Chick-fil-A. Uh, I'm working on the email to Busboy and Poets. I'm going to send it to them. I'm going to work on another email to the Prince George's County Memorial System. I'll send it to them. Then I'll probably reach out to surrounding uh, counties as well. Howard County, Montgomery County, and Arundel County. Uh, however many more counties. Um, send it off to them. Uh, and just keep pumping. Uh, try to reach out to major media sources such as Fox, uh, such as Disney. Um, I don't even know who else. Pixar or whatever. Send emails out to them as well at the same time. Um, reach out to the local flea market up the street from me. Um, 
uh, and see, you know, what it takes to get a table there uh, so that um, I can post my books. Uh, so, yeah, it's not just I'm reaching out to these major, major organizations or these big restaurants or whatever. I'm also reaching out to the local flea market. But the flea market is fantastic. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, get try to get a table there and try to set it up. Um, and then also I'm going to reach out to local bars and restaurants to see if there's any events that I could throw. Also, I'm going to be reaching out to, uh, you know, uh, local bookstores to see if there's any way that I could set up a table and do a book signing there as well. Um, or if they would be willing to put, you know, purchase my book wholesale, that would be fantastic. Um, you know, and just various things like that. So this is what I'm going to be working on. Um, I know we went all over the place uh, today, but um, I want to thank uh, everybody who decides to stop by and kick it with your mans. I appreciate it. I'm Chan Man, and this is House of Barf. I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kulamaid Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mangston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mangston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mangston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors 
It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mason, Zonkey, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mason's Cool and Made Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mason's Cool and Made Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mason's Cool and Made Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.